Do any of those preconceived ideas that you might hear, do they ever mess up your game or get into your head? How did, do you let that stuff in? No, nah, not really. I mean, the way I see it is like, they booked me, they paid me. I mean, I'm there to uh, do my job. I mean, and I just get up there and fail. <laughs> I guess like, anytime you're trying to do something you're passionate about, you're vulnerable. Especially with the way uh, things are set up. Look at me with this, like, stop lying. And it's like, no, it's the truth. And and sometimes with comedy, it's like, the truth is just, it's just funny. And and it's all about how you present the truth because the audience they they can they can see right through you if you try to give them something absurd comedians exposed a podcast where comedians talk about vulnerability with your host deanna kobe all right it's the lights recording i'm in a different uh setup today guys so hello everybody thank you so much for tuning in to comedians exposed yeah we have a very special guest who hails out of Philadelphia. You can see, yeah, <laughs> September 1st, right? Punchline, September yeah. 3rd, it's a Vioxx Karaoke Lounge. Please welcome to Comedians Exposed, Andrew Thomas. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be welcome. <laughs> how, how are you doing, Drew? You doing okay? Uh, I've seen better days, but no complaints, you know. Thank you to be here, you know, get to talk about comedy and, and all kinds of sensibilities. Oh my gosh, well, we are so grateful that you could be here with us to talk about comedy and all kinds of other fun stuff. Uh, First and foremost, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. You know, it's been really fun getting feedback from people. Uh, I want to thank Drew again for being a guest. I also want to thank the patrons who helped support this project. So thank you guys so much. And Drew... As I was telling you before, the whole premise of the podcast is what we do is we look at comedy from like the other side of the laughs. Like what about comedy makes you vulnerable? How does vulnerability impact you in life? Is it something you embrace? All kinds of stuff. So let's just dive right in. I just want to know uh, what does it mean for you to feel vulnerable? It's a very unsettling and exciting experience at the same time. Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'm an older person, so like for me, like comedy, like I get to see like how how the rules change, and then like like us as comedians, we tend to be on a our perspective tends to be on a, be an outsider or objective, and we try to spin that objective into something we think is funny, and yeah. seeing how like we we talked a little bit about it like earlier, like how um, when we when we start, when we grew up, like certain things were like, oh, that's funny, that's natural. But now it's like, oh my God, we gotta cancel that guy. And then it, 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 it's, it's, it's different. It's, what it's, would be something that, like, what would be something that really clearly stands out for you that, like, you know, was from our like youth that now would be like, ooh, is there any uh, like something that jumps out for you? Oh yeah, easy. Like um, that thing that happened with the baby. And and uh, and like homosexual, um, how we got canceled? I didn't, I, I didn't read enough. I heard the news headline that yeah, there was accusations being thrown, but I didn't read what happened. Well, basically, like um, he being a rapper, uh, a talented rapper that is, and he basically said some like homophobic, not well thought out or educated things about the community, and bl- basically blaming them for. For AIDS and it's like that's stupid but then there's like me coming from where I grew up was like sports stars like Kobe he got in trouble with saying the F word uh, rappers and back in the day you know bitches hoes and, and then they say some kind of homophobic what a, uh, slur uh, yeah. the, the, the make a point of you not being as good as them and it's like oh man when I was a kid I was like that's 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 that's, that's dope and then now as an, a, a full-fledged adult that's around or or that's in a more inclusive uh i guess society mm-hmm. oh, yeah in, inclusive society like you know that's not that's not that don't fly so yeah but, it's um yeah especially <laughs> like thinking about this idea of inclusivity but 
you know, what happened with him, because especially rap music, rap music to me is like so strange because I feel like it's kind of like, especially like with everything that happened with Me Too and moving towards this inclusivity, there's kind of a hypocrisy though, because like rap music, even still the stuff that's being generated by both male and female rappers, Mm. you know, it's very sexualized. And a lot of times it's like, you're still utilizing like the language that is like, you know, kind of reinforcing those stereotypes, you know what I mean? Like almost like kind of like what the, what he, like, cause it's skin, like in rap, like there's a very masculine element you kind of have to kind of present. And a lot of the music to me comes across as like really masculine. So it's just like, I think what happened with DaBaby, it's like, how do you find a balance in like what is versus what should be, you know? And Cause he, like, I feel like that's just like, what's really hard with comedy. It's like, okay, what do you know? But then everybody else is saying what should be. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you do that with comedy for yourself? Oh, I mean, I just get up there and fail. <laughs> I bomb. Uh, I, I go, it's like, I'm in a lab or uh, I'm in a kitchen and I'm like, all right, this is what I think is funny. Let me write a couple of notes down. Let me get up on this open mic and then bomb. Or if I'm booked on a show, I say a joke or two that works, then try the stuff I think is funny. Then hopefully I don't lose the audience too much and then go back to some stuff that's funny. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like that's see, you, you, I know you could get my sensibility for the most part. Cause we we're from a, a different generation, right? One of the things that like I tell younger comics about was like, yo. You know that country music was the number one music in the world, right? And then they look at me with this like, stop lying. And it's like, no, it's, it's the truth. And and sometimes with comedy, it's like the truth is just it's just funny. And it's all about how you present the truth because the audience, they they could they can see right through you if you try to give them something absurd, you know? Well, yeah. not the truth, not the truth. So. That's my opinion. So. I, well, a lot of it, like, I feel like that's a lot of the time, like, just from what I've been having conversations with comedy, a lot of it comes back to, like, being your most authentic self on stage tends yeah. to resonate the most with the audience. But it also, in my opinion, leaves you feeling really vulnerable, you know, because it's like, all right, as opposed to like, say you were performing as a character or you just strictly wrote jokes about a topic, like I'm going to write jokes about, you know, pudding cups or whatever, as opposed to like real. Yeah, I don't know. You should be able to write jokes about pudding cups, right? You love that. <laughs> but like, think about like, if you were just like a joke writer versus like, again, like, what are you trying to get out of comedy? Like, where do you fall? Do you fall like you're trying to be like, hey, guys, this is me. I'm going to let you know who I am and you're going to share yourself. Or do you feel like you're more of like, I'm going to just go and write jokes about whatever I wanted to write jokes about. Well, that's the thing is like, uh, I think I, I walk the line between both of those. Cause like, I definitely have a persona. Like, uh, I mean, cause when I was growing up, like Def Jam, Comic View, like, you know, those personalities is, was, was like the urban, what have you. But then it's like, you know, like I, I, I ended up stopping comedy for a little bit to go to college, and and then when I went to college, like you know, you read a few books, you start to like like start to question certain things you observe, and then like how how where can I find the funny in certain things, you know? So yeah, I mean, do you look you for the funny in everything? I try to. I mean, I I I have no problem taking a step back and laughing at myself. No. I think it's very important in comedy. I, I noticed that too about comedians. Some of them are real sensitive and they get really butthurt really easily if you're like joking about them. It's like, oh my gosh, like how are you coming up making jokes and you can't laugh at yourself first? I got to say, those must be the white comics because the black comics, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they call it the dozens. I mean, it's like, well, like somebody that bombed that night will humble you quick. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, like you know, like the jokes are coming, you just take it. So, do you think then, since you brought this up, do you think there's a difference between white comics and black comics? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I I know I oversimplified it, but 
Like, you know, no, I know. That's what makes this hard. Things get, we're, we're generalizing here, but everybody knows we take it with a grain of salt. Because, right. again, it's like, you know, it's just from things that you've seen in your experiences. So it's not like, well, don't, like yeah, don't worry. Well, this is the thing. It's like, you know, like if you, if you do a hood room or or like a uh, like a quote unquote urban show, um, yeah. like, you know, that it's going to be mainly black people like and when i say black people like church going like jesus and 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 you hit us you have to hit a certain tense for them to uh for them to like like rock with you like that and, and the other thing is like they see you a certain way and then like you know like all right you have a, a certain uh certain list of topics you know you're going to kill with right whereas when you're you go into a uh let's say uh a, a less urban room uh a lot more uh diverse or highly educated i can't even say but it's just a different sentiment it's like it's like when you when you're in a hood room it's like the people that do really well are the people that 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 capture the essence of a preacher and and they're able to captivate or like use their charisma to uh, to get the people and then they say rhymes and simple stories and well whatnot and then like when you go into a uh like let's say your comedy club is it's different. So yeah. I've I mean, just seen too like threads, like our I've seen, especially with Facebook. Facebook is such a wonderful place to collect information because people will put shit out there. And like I've yeah. seen comics specifically state things like white audiences, like up middle class upper aged white people are the worst audiences. You know what, what I mean? Yeah, like. Just and it's like I said, I'm like I don't know. I'm like is it and like again, you hear like some people, oh, urban rooms are better rooms, or urban rooms are harder rooms. Like you hear all of these comments and these generalities being made. So it's like, especially too, when you think about doing comedy, like you can't help but like have this idea go into your head because you heard it, and it's like, oh well, do any of those preconceived ideas that you might hear, do they ever mess up your game or get into your head? How do, do you let that stuff in? No, nah, not really. I mean, the way I see it is like if they booked me, they paid me. I mean, I'm there to uh, do my job. I mean, there's a time to uh, be, you know, wax philosophically and whatever, whatever. But that's not what I get paid to do. I mean, when I when I when I have it, then I, I do it. But for the most part, like I, I just want to be funny. Uh, and if I'm if I'm able to like help you to think about something, or it's a, or it's a story that you're like, oh man, like that's funny. Like I, I did my job, so I mean, like honestly, like I, I think the preconceived notions is, is like people put the, they project their things out there to other people, and it's like it's all about the comic sensibility. Like with me, like I'm from I'm a hood dude. I went to a community college. that got into an Ivy League school, and then and then boom, like I I I I, I try to I try not to be too uh, lazy with my thinking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So what is uh, some of the things and because like comedy, I think you have to be obviously you can't be lazy with your thinking, especially too like the best jokes are so smart. And yeah. so, you know what I mean? You, you could just tell like the, there's a lot of intelligence and a lot of thought put into it. So what are some of the things, though, um, that you like to joke about like general topics? Oh, my God. Um, this is the thing. I said all that, but it, like it goes back to like like uh, asses and uh Teddy, well, tetas. I, I, hold up, I, I I gotta say this. Like, I don't do it all the time. And, like, you know, it's like the most. Uh, that gives me gratification, and and then like going from like, like that that voyeuristic, observational, like, like enjoying of, uh, of the body. Uh, I I try to go to to the why. Do I like this nice butt? Ugh. That sounds weird. Okay, that's interesting. Oh my god, I'm glad you brought that up because I used to really have a thing for guys with good hips. I got good yeah. hips. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna check them out next time I see you. Give me a shake. Let me stop. Let me stop. But, uh, but, so what about that? Because I feel like too, like you know what I mean. Like those are things that are definitely relatable. Like obviously everybody has a body, so it's like it's definitely something that's really you know relatable to the audience. Do uh, you ever make jokes about things that you could tell that puts the audience off? Oh yeah, makes oh, yeah. the buttholes clench. Oh, I mean, it, uh, like so one of the things, like I 
like I, I joke about is trying to navigate race or like stories about how my race um, uh, situations that I've been in in, in my race has, has um, played a factor in it. And, you know, like <laughs> one of the things is like sometimes audience members be like, my man, come on, man. Like after after the fact, when I'm off stage, like that didn't really happen. I don't believe it. there's no way that could happen. And I'll be like, man, all you got to do is go on social media and, and and you see people filming the crazy stuff that 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 happens in those circles and and, and tell me if I'm wrong. And that's another thing. The, the invention of tech, the, this technology, being able to people just got the got the cell phone and record whatever. You're like, I don't believe these people are doing it. They used to be like, I don't believe these people are doing this. But now it's like, oh, I'm we we got it's like the gotcha culture, you know, like yeah. got so they're gonna have to believe it, and you know, for good or for. Uh, I mean, no, I, I appreciate it on some level because, like, you think about being gaslighted, you know, to have that footage yeah. absolutely helps. You know what I yeah. mean? Especially because, again, like, you know, um, I always just try to use my gender as an like as a as a anchor of hearing people when they talk about racial experiences and it's like I know damn well as a woman I've been gaslighted and people haven't believed me and stories like that so it's just like you know there's something really validating about having that video footage now of yeah. like you know that you can sh- be like look I've been saying this shit all along right right but what about as a comedian mm. with having social media and knowing that you can be recorded at any time does that affect you and your joke telling a little uh i mean the thing is like the beauty of uh of the stand-up thing if you're funny like people want to whatever what you think or rock with you or if you appeal to their sensibility or hell like I, i'm not big enough to uh generate an audience so i, I can't worry about my quote-unquote fans because i ain't got none so <laughs> but the, what i what how can i say it would it would like from what I gather on the outside looking in, like to see the people that's in the game, like heavy in the game, like uh, that could hinder your ability to get higher up. And I don't know. I, I mean, that's the thing. I I'm speaking from a a, a point of like uh of ignorance. So, yeah, I'm stupid. Don't mind me. I'm stupid. No. Pain killers kicked in, and um, I'm all over the place. <laughs> no, you're not stupid. You're just relaxed. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's good. Then let's see what else we can get out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about? So let's go back to again, like vulnerability. So, okay. what do you feel? Um, that you do you like to be vulnerable? Do you embrace it? Do you lean into it, or is it something you actively avoid? Uh, growing up as an 80s baby, like, I, I try to avoid it, but, like, I think all the good, like, stand-up, like, you approach something uh, that you're uh, vulnerable or you're, or you have a, I have, a, like, a, a question, and then I'm like, why and what, and then I try to uh, write a joke from there, like, like my little Seinfeld voice goes off, like, why do we, and, and then, and then I try, and then you know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. Yeah. yeah. But what about in life, aside from comedy? Like, what about things in life? Do you feel that you live? Are you a more person like a risk taker? See, this is the thing. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to wrap my mind around like your idea of vulnerability and try to apply it to me. Well, it is your own idea of vulnerability. Like, again, I know what, for me, vulnerability, like I have an idea of like, again, I feel exposed, you know, it leads me to feeling potentially like it could be rejected. It's like, you know, that like, what if, like you're putting yourself out there and what if, but that's like, you know, vulnerability is a lot of different things. Like you could think about physical vulnerabilities. Like, again, like how does the audience see me? What do I look like? Are they judging how I look? Um, or like, again, like right now, Drew has his foot in a boot. So your mobility is limited. So it's like, oh, is that impacting, you know, my um, vulnerability, you know? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'll be out more telling jokes if I, if I, if I trust some of the comedians. <laughs> I, I got this I got this weird thing in my mind. Like I go out to somewhere and I'm trying to tell jokes and the comedian, oh, I'm going to be funny. I'm going to take your crutch. And then they're like, you know, I got like, hey, give me up my crutch. And, they're like, oh, look at me, I'm Drew. And it's like, I, that's one of my biggest nightmares. So, yeah, 
Oh, no, and not yet, because then you don't have it. You're very vulnerable. I'm oh super my God. vulnerable. All I got to do is take my, one of my crutches, and I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, give me back my crutch. So, yeah, like, I I do have, uh, I, I think I, like, I, I think I do have vulnerable, like, uh, I guess, like, anytime you're trying to do something you're passionate about, you're vulnerable, especially with the way that, uh, things are set up. I mean, can I, see, that's the thing, like, nowadays, like, I see somebody uh, create a podcast, and they have, like, two or three guests on there, and next thing you know, boom, like, they're, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of their podcast, and it's like, oh, wow. that's, that's I, great. That's not the case here with this podcast at all. In fact, I have talked about how doing the podcast makes me feel, like, vulnerable. Like, every time I release an episode, I always have, like, such anxiety because I'm like, oh, my, yeah, I'm like, did I sound like an idiot? Was I rude to the guests? Oh, my gosh. How, you know, and it's, like, this whole, like, mental, like, psychotic process, which I'm very, you know, honest with the audience about because that's the whole crux of this is, like, okay, guys, I'm going to unload my neuroses, and then I'm going to loop other people into my neuroses and see if they're neurotic like me, which oftentimes you're not, but at least you talk to me. It makes it feel better. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Oh, uh, yeah, like, uh, like and I guess, like, with me, like, I have, naturally, I got trust. Well, I can't say naturally, but I have trust issues. And one of the things about, tr- like, that's beautiful about stand-up comedy. Like the trust issues really don't play any part. Like it's either you trust the joke from time from trying it so many times and reworking it and tooling it to getting it right. So you could trust that the joke will work until it doesn't. Then you're like, damn, go back to the drawing board, right? And then uh I guess like some sometimes I just don't trust some of the people around. This is going all over the place. I'm, I'm thank you for being my uh my therapist right now. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> just, just trying to see the idea of vulnerability is like we, we do that so much, but then, then there's layers to it or levels to it. And I'm, and I'm I'm trying to unpack like the uh the concept. But Well, it gets to like I don't know if this helps as well, because like again, for me, um, because you mentioned trust. And yeah. for me, my brain initially like went to, well, trusting myself. Because that, like, for me, like, doing comedy was a very, it took a long time. Um, and even now, I still struggle with this idea of trusting myself. Like, trusting myself, am I funny? Like, aside, even from the material, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. trusting myself, like, Deanna, you want to do this, but do you really want to do it? Like, trusting your inner gut, you know? Yeah. So, um like I said, for me, like doing comedy becomes very vulnerable because it's like here now you're putting yourself in this position where you're being looked at and then you're talking and you're supposed to be funny. And to me, it's like, oh, it's really uncomfortable, but I keep doing it. So it's like, I just want to know for other people, is it like, does it create anxiety or is it something that just for you is just like. I can tell you it's cathartic. Cathartic? Oh. Yeah, yeah, super cathartic. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things like, I mean, when you hear uh, other comedians like do the, uh, the cliche, like it, it's therapy and whatnot, it's, mm-hmm. it, it really, it's really like, it, it feels good. It's like, like getting that laugh is, is, is addictive. It's addictive. Yeah. So I, I, I can honestly say, like, outside of weed, like, laughter, like, yeah. that makes, that, that fuels me. When have you used humor to survive something difficult? Uh, before um, stand-up comedy. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I, I've been in group homes. I've been in foster care. Like, like I've had it. I, I think all people had it hard. It's just, like, it's, it's all about, like, subjective. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, I had a rough go of it. And I continue to have a rough go of it with, my t- torn Achilles, but I mean, just grateful for when I get to uh, do the dope stuff like like this, or rock a mic, or uh, enjoy that that's that delicious edible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I, I think that's one of the best rules. I remember the noble truth of Buddhism. The first rule is you're gonna suffer. 
when you can yeah. accept that, you know, you'll be fine. Like, cause that's what life is. You can't be alive without all the shit. And personally, I love comedy for that because it's like comedy. Like you said, it is super cathartic. Yeah. I've had this conversation with quite a few comics that it allows you to reclaim narratives on trauma and rewrite yeah. it and take and release things. So there is something so therapeutic yeah. about it. It's educational. It's really definitely something that makes things, you know, palatable for people like to talk about difficult stuff. But if you could do it with a joke, right. it makes it definitely more palatable. So it's like, it's a really powerful outlet. What got you into comedy? Um, I don't even remember. I, I just, I just knew I was funny. And, um, and, uh, and I, I, I went to the Laugh House. This is a comedy club in South Street a long time ago. And I was like, damn, these guys are funny. Let me, let me try to be funny. And it took like a good, like two weeks of going and, and chickening out before I went up on stage and got my first bomb out the way. So. And then I continue to bomb for like a good year or two. So, yeah. Bombing is so important, but yeah. it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like with the Philly, like the Philly bomb, like the way that, like the audience in Philly is, they're, uh -huh. like, they're like, no, that you suck. And it's like, like please, don't throw nothing else at me. <laughs> oh my that's so funny i've heard that too andy malafarina i talked with him and he was saying how i guess one of his really bad bombs he was um they put the they cut the lights on but he was like everybody before was like get off the stage and he's like why are they being so mean to me i'm like oh my god that would be so traumatizing oh my god what about your bonds do you like um are they vivid in your memory? Like, do you remember like it really clearly? Not all of them. Like, uh, like it's like most. Of What's the, the one ones, that you? What what one sticks out to you? The one where I forgot what I was supposed to say. I got so I, I, for a good first for the first like uh my first year like I used to forget what I was going to like my jokes like on stage, and so like it'd be a good minute or two of me just. <laughs> uh, my name is Andrew Thomas. And then, then walk away, and then like eventually, like I would mess up my the way I would joke joke that I write. Like, yeah, man, like look at the hair on John Street. He looks like Kobe as a treasure troll. So yeah, I mean it's like I will forget the wording and setup and all that, and it's like yeah, it, it was it was bad. It was it was bad. And, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a great it was a great learning experience. It's I mean, great, and I feel it helps in life. Like it yeah. really helps with letting shit go, like releasing yeah. the ego. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's yeah. it, there's something so humiliating and so humbling about it. But then it's like. You, if you want to do it, you got to get up and do it again. And it's like, this that's is, this really, is, huh? I was about to say, that's the thing that's so crazy is like, like I look at someone like, like growing up, like Eddie Murphy, Michael Jordan, a comedy, right? And he was just so confident and, and charismatic and just dripping with like comedic genius. Like, and then when you watch some of the Def Jam people, it's like, you have to have this, this this energy, this presence to like, like, hey, I'm not afraid of y'all. And, and, and it's like, I didn't have that. I don't even know if I still, if I, if I do have it, but this is like, it's one of the things like you have, I, I, I believe that you have to have to be like on the next level, whether you say it's confidence, arrogance, ego. Uh, I, I think, well, I know in the past, I used to think you had to, you have to have that and but now it's just one of the things is like man i just want to be funny and get booked yeah. yeah do you ever do comedy going in with it like not necessarily thinking you're going to be funny like do you ever let other emotions kind of take over on stage oh joking through emotion um see if, i've done i've done that before and it's like uh there's a certain energy for my type of jokes. 
but then like you know how when you when you write like you say yourself all right i have to deliver it in this kind of tense or this kind of what have you and like whether it's, it's deadpan or or slow burn or something like that i'm i do i've done that but like those i don't necessarily do as well with with that how about you? What about, what about sitting in the silence? Because I know like something that's I'm working on is trying to, again, have that slow build up, but getting tolerating being able to tolerate the quiet, being able to tolerate not saying anything. Um, I notice like myself, I get anxious and I start talking really fast and just filling the void. And it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, no, I want to slow down. So what about you? How are you with tolerating? I do silence? that. Sometimes I do that because it's just like, all right, punchline, boom, it doesn't hit. So I'm like, ah, thought it would go like that. And the, I might comment on the silence and then move on to the next. Yeah. I mean, don't you do that too? I was raised, and I think this is where, like, my family, my parents are both really extroverted people. So we were conditioned to always be, like, pleasant and engaging and, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, always, like, I spent the weekend with my family this weekend. I was like, oh, my God, y'all don't shut the fuck up. Y'all talk so much. (laughs) But I realized how it's, like, translated to me on, you know, like, in life and on stage because then I'll just start, oh, like, and then I say weird things. Like, I remember being at a funeral and just talking and, like, telling someone, like, you smell really good you know just to like it doesn't have to always be like that you know so <laughs> what about you do you find yourself to be more introverted or extroverted uh i'm i'm naturally an introverted person like uh like like i said like I, i've been in, like i grew up in foster care and group homes like and then like you know back at like I've lived with different family members. Um, I, I try to keep to myself. Like that's the trust issue thing. It's like you know, like you try to uh, navigate different people, and like you never know. And I, and this, like I said, the, uh, it, the trust thing is like you don't know what their hidden agenda is. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Feed me this this chicken. I mean, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. Is it laced with something? I mean. So it's just, it's just one of the things, like, I, I try to be to myself, but then, like, when I'm out, like, when, when I'm around comedians, I, I do, like, I do, like, just be silly, and that's, mm-hmm. like, I mean, some comedians are so funny, so it's just, like, you can't help but want to jump in and have some fun with them, and then others, you'd be like, ugh, you, I'm going to call the cops on you just in case, you know, <laughs> make sure you don't do no crazy psycho stuff for nobody. There's some weirdos. I love it. It's such a it's such a freak show. It's like wow, you are gonna get them all. Who are some of your favorite comedians? Well, I already said Eddie Murphy. Uh, he, yeah. He's the man. Um, like uh, Philly, like uh, this guy named Two Ray, Two Ray Gordon. Oh, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tommy Too Smooth. Oh, he's a he's a genius. You ever you ever hear of him? I heard part of Tommy Too Smooth. Yeah. Yeah, he's a genius. Um, I also like uh. Dave Chappelle, uh, Cat Williams, Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neill, uh, Pablo Francisco. That dude. Woo. Yeah. How about you? Um, I love, of course, Dave Chappelle. Bill Burr is also very funny. I love Maria Bamford. I'm a huge Maria Bamford fan. Nice. She's just so weird and wonderful. Um, so... You know, but like we were talking about before, I love Lemaire. We talked about Lemaire. He's so great in Philly. He's so, yeah, I love his energy, you know, and then just, again, like, and I love to watching comedy. Like, I feel like that's like this beautiful part of being, of seeing things and seeing what people do and seeing people, how they t- use the stage and where they go. It's just really so awesome. Um, Andrew. Can you do me a favor? I forgot to have you do this at the beginning. Can you tell everybody where we could find you on your social media? Oh, um, you can find me at Drew Dreaming 215 and uh Savage, Savagely Black Inc. And uh got the Savagely Black Podcast. <laughs> so my yeah. fault. Uh, my roommate, he's 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 around with a, a, a lovely young uh person. That's good for him. Yeah, man. Good. 
Ooh, quarantine so quarantine was hard for us. Oh, you see you what I it when you can. <laughs> oh my god. So what about then for comedy? Like what are you hoping to get from comedy? Um I get hopefully uh make this uh, a constant income stream. Um I I love I love comedy and like I what I what I hope to do like mainly is like it's not necessarily what I can get from comedy but more so like uh uh what can I bring to the comedic landscape? Like if someone like was to be like oh this is a this is a Drew joke that would make me happy. So what what do you think then you're bringing to the comedic landscape? Nothing but uh, old, young, black energy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's weird. Um, this is the thing. It's like I know, like, I get. Uh, I'm, I I I know you hear black people, some black people that's like in the super nerdy, whatever, talk about being weird. But like you know, I'm like ghetto weird, you know. It's like I, I'm from the hood. I'm from the ghetto. I, I work my way to get up to a certain class, certain level of class. But it's not like you know on, on some extreme like 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 oh now I'm playing basketball money. It's just like all right, I'm I'm able to take care of my bills and maybe like uh, uh, my mom bill from time to time. So it was like trying to navigate that like you know and I, and I ain't got no kids and it's like like every time someone's like oh you ain't got no kids are you gay i'm like no i'm not gay it just I, that's a lot of that's a whole lot of lot, a lot. so yeah yeah. So, yeah i got nieces and nephews so there, yeah that i feel like I, same thing i don't have kids either i have nieces and it's like that's they're good they're fine exactly. and thankfully i think the human population is okay i don't think that <laughs> we're in a situation where i need to procreate for humanity to continue so right, right. i'm tapping out thank you very much <laughs> I've, I've been tapped out but like yeah. like within the communities that I, I navigate they look at me like i'm like like i'm like some kind of creeper <laughs> so oh. Yeah, like like Latino Latino community, like you ain't got, you ain't got no you ain't got no kids pop. Yeah, I mean, like you know, and my, my family my family is Caribbean, and I'm first generation American, and they they be like, oh, uh, like like uh, are you sure you're not gay? And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not gay, and 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 it's just doesn't resonate with that. Yeah, right? it's 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 different. I get no as a woman, I get it all the time. I get this. People still kind of want to set me on fire. Uh, you know, like, what, which, like, what's going on? And then on top of it, then you have to hear from comedians. Last night I went to a mic and literally, mm -hmm. like, because I ordered a club soda. So one comic was like, are you pregnant? And I was like, okay, asshole. Mm. And then someone else was talking to me. We're talking about our ages. And he's like, oh, do you have kids? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, it's probably too late for you. I'm like, I just want to do mm -hmm. my five minutes. I just want to do jokes. Oh, wow. ah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> That's like, again, it's like for me, I, I chalk that up to the female experience or maybe it's just me. Like maybe there's energy I'm putting out that people feel I need to say these things to me. I, I don't honestly, like I, I don't think it's you. It's 100% those crazy. This goes to what I'm talking about with the comedians. Like they're just, there's, there's, we're all a little cycle, but like some more than wow. others. And like, like I understand we, we, we push boundaries or we look through whatever, but same time, like, what are you going to ask somebody if they're pregnant at a bar? All that's going to do is you're going to become a bit for me. That's all that happens. Like, I just don't understand comedian. Like, I feel like as a comedian, you know, and this is like the thing, like, don't you think you'd want to be careful with what you say to other comedians? Because in two minutes, I'm going to be talking about your ass with a microphone in my hand. Like, right. you know, you would think that that would offer a little level of, uh, you know, like you said, comedians are. I think all of us are a little bit touched. Yeah. You know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it's beautiful. It's wonderful. What do you think for you? What has comedy brought to your life? Oh, well, it definitely gave me a um uh confidence in speaking in other in other uh arenas. Like um like even when I shouldn't have confidence. <laughs> uh 
being being able to uh, speak on a stage and make strangers laugh is like one of them skills that is just it's, it's transferable to anywhere. And um, there's times where I don't want to be saying something, or I like to just be to myself. And like 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 if something happened or something, somebody, I, I I just all right. Let me just I gotta say it. And that's what stand-up comedy has like that that has helped an aspect of my personality that I didn't have before. So like like when like when I was a kid, like I just played sports and the sports, like I would be to myself, like people talk trash and like I, I didn't really talk back to them like that. But then like I just let the game speak for itself, whether it's football, fighting, basketball. But then, you know, stand-up comedy, like you're forced to engage with different muscles. So yeah. So it's been so great being able to talk with you about all this stuff today, Andrew. I appreciate you being a guest and being willing to let me like, you know, be analytical and erotic about comedy. You know, it's like, oh tell, tell me your diagnosis, Doc. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we've got time for that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can you tell everybody though again? Just let let them know where they can see you, your upcoming shows. Oh yeah, um, I got a, a show at Punchline Comedy Club September first. Uh, it's a showcase. Uh, another uh, comedy thing at Box uh, Karaoke Lounge in the Northeast. Um, my my. Uh, my uh, IG is uh, Drew Dreamin two one five, and um, Twitter is savagely savagely black ink, and uh, yeah, man, please uh, support a brother, come through. I might buy you a drink. It might just be water and ice, but it's still a drink. And just <laughs> thirst. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hot outside, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, um... yeah. Oh, that's so great. Well, like I said, it's been wonderful having you as a guest today. It's really thank been enjoyable talking me. with you. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. If you, if you ever have a repeat offender, by all means, I, I like to be a part of that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I have some stuff in the works coming, hopefully down the pike. I really would love to do something because especially to like part of it is. You know, we talk about jokes, like what are the jokes that we shouldn't joke about as comedians, but we all want to do it. And what are the things, especially with cancel culture, like we are now comedians set up against a backdrop of something that's called cancel culture, which I keep grappling with because I'm like, I don't know if it's real or not. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like, is it the right thing? Is it just shame culture? You know, like. So this is the thing, like. Like for a while there, like in Philly, there there was a theater that that, that based their thing off of uh, canceling uh, other comedians, and it's just like, that's stupid. That's, that's what, what kind of what kind of what kind of jerk slash elitist are you? you know I mean, like everybody got their own sense sense of humor and random humor. Just, I mean, I get it. Like you know, you want to change the way the uh, the landscape is, but what always tend to happen is like people that say they're doing things for a certain group or marginalized group tend to marginalize a, a different group even more so. And they already are, are they are they're already a minority. So that's that's my two cents. I mean Yeah. Ugh. I think it's well it's really complicated too because I feel like actions versus words. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I understand, like, especially too in comedy, like if you're just saying things versus you're, how are you off stage? How are you actually acting? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause especially like, I know, like, again, I just think about like really like cringy things that I've said on stage in terms mm -hmm. of trying to work through jokes. And mm -hmm. it's like, I wouldn't want that one snippet of me trying to work through something that was said, like determine my identity. But again, I feel like we've really got to be camp careful with this idea of canceling people because it's especially to like we talked about you and I we grew up in the generation where this was our sense of humor and yeah. it's like a lot of that is just like ingrained in us because again of classical conditioning like thinking about Seinfeld like I love Seinfeld but Seinfeld has not aged well and you watch yeah. some of the Seinfeld or even like you know what I mean like it's just like yeah. 
it's like, yeah, some of this stuff is like, okay, now it'd be bullying or mean, but it's like, that was what we watched and that shit was brilliant and hilarious. So right. how, how do we now as people who are in a, a different climate, like, you know what I mean? Like with these rules versus. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you fully. Like I got, I got, I got a, a cat calling joke and it's like, like now with the, well, I just thought it was hollering at a chick, and now it's like street harassment. People should be going to jail. You you need the uh, counseling. I'm like, yo, this is what young men did back when I grew up. And it's like, oh, I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I'm not trying wow. to make you psychotic. But like, you know, it's like the older you get, the more things you learn. Like, okay, yelling at perfectly strange, beautiful women on the street is not right. <laughs> It's not right. I know. But then also as women, you got to think about too, like for how fucked up I am. It's like as women, well, it's like, it's, there's some validation though, you know, like a friend of mine, she was telling me a story about how some young guy approached her for a threesome. And I was like, well, look at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cougar. You know what I mean? But it's like, oh no, we can't because it's like, you can't, because again, we're conditioned as women and women were fucking conditioned to be like, oh, our values and our physicality. So it's like, how can you just be so quick to eradicate that shit, especially because we don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about therapy. We don't talk about universal health care. That's new. And, and that's the thing that's, that's crazy. It's like, like when I grew up, somebody talked about their feelings and like, I feel depressed. And the person be like, yo, stop being a pussy. And that'd be your grandmom or some shit. <laughs> like great grandma. Like, you know what? In my day, I get raped, I get this, and I got beat up. And then what we did afterwards was clean the clothes and hang them out and fix the dinner. And yeah. it is like, how much trauma are you dealing with? I know. I know. <laughs> it's like like what what the uh, talking about mental health is like what three, four years like popular now in uh in, in the US. Yeah. That's crazy. It's not. And even then, I feel like it's not still something that it's like really open to. Like you still, there's still a lot of shame. It's still a lot of stigma. And it's like, that's what we need. Like, it's like, you can't expect people, like you said, like if you grow up in trauma, like that's just, you learn to adapt, you learn to survive, you have your coping mechanisms. So it's like, to me, like, again, cancel culture. I hate that terminology because it's like, you're not then considering all of that and you're not considering the socialization that we experience and the role of capitalism, how it plays out in pitting us against each other. And, you know, there, there, it's so multi-layered. So it's like, you know, I just, I, I don't know, personally, I can't stand this idea of cancel culture and woke culture. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I think that's the dumbest fucking expression that's come out of woke. Like, no, you fucking, that's not even grammatically correct. You idiot. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I, when, when, uh, I was talking, like, I think I tend to hang out with other black comics. And, like, basically, like, I was like, yo, that is the whitest fucking thing ever created. I mean, like, it's up there with mayonnaise and fucking <laughs> <laughs> and white boy. That's that, how elite do you got to be to talk about no. canceling somebody? See, that's the thing. Like, culturally speaking, even with black people, we had that weird uncle or cousin that did something to somebody. We didn't cancel them. We just be like, all right, you can't be left alone with them. You know what I mean? So it's just like out of oppression, we 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 always had some. We always approached those. Uh, what's the word? I can't. I can't think of. Uh, no, sandwich. I know what you're saying though, because I kind of, especially like thinking about like the shit that happened with Bill Cosby and how kind of heartbreaking it was. Um, I mean, obviously, you did the shit. You know, again, like, huh? What you say? Say, obviously he did that shit. No, he did it. Well, you know, absolutely he did it. I was talking about the fact though, like um, as for the black community, like he was a success. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like then to have that like taken away, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Because again, I feel like the the black community, because again, you're obviously like the minority class. So you have to constantly keep yourselves elevated internally you know what i mean because again there was already so many outside threats so i feel like there was a lot of complexity in what happened with cosby because obviously he did it like it's horrible and it was disgusting but there was also this other layer of sadness to it because then you're looking at like again it's just like 
different micro communities and what they do and how they function. Like you were talking about with like that uncle, like the weird yeah. uncle, and, you know, and it's like, those are the things like, again, it's not so simple. Like it's like, and when we have these gross little terms that we can put hashtags on, it's like, you're taking away the complexity of the conversation and, and like the dialogue and you're taking the complexity of the way, like just so much stuff that was involved in that. Like all the people that assisted Cosby, you know, See, this, like this is, thing, this is the thing that I always find interesting. It's like um, what you said right there is like, like after the snowball effect of of it becoming like uh part of uh, uh of common common sense or common social uh a shared knowledge, right? Like before that, it was like bringing awareness to it. But then at what at what point do we acknowledge that? All right, it's no longer bringing awareness to it. It's just becoming it doesn't have it becomes a tiger without teeth you know what i mean yes it's yeah. exactly and this is i think what it also does is really kind of takes off ownership on you as the individual yeah. like one thing that we've got to take away from all of these things is like you've got to fucking say it if you're uncomfortable like if you make a jo joke drew and i'm uncomfortable with it i'm going to come up to you and say drew this joke made me uncomfortable because why and it's like you might say, okay, I'm going to keep doing it, whatever, because that's your decision. But I have a responsibility to let that person know as well. Like, I can't let someone else fight my battles. Like, you have to define your own level of comfort as well. I feel like that's a big part of it, you know? I mean, honestly, I think that's a, a healthy way to do it because most people won't even do that. I mean, and honestly, like, with, with the person, like, let's say if I did say a joke that made you uncomfortable, if I'm a comic that cares about the art of comedy, I'm going to take what you say and I'm going to dissect it and then right. and say to myself, why didn't it work with her? I mean, like whenever I, I say, like whenever I got a, a joke that's that's what I think is is in the term of, of, of gay or transgender, I try to go to an open mic that's hosted by a, a gay person or a transgender. And if, I bomb there, or they be like, "Oh, that's disgusting." So I'm like, "Okay, tell me what? Why didn't it work?" Because end end of the day, like you know, I want a joke that works everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like say a joke and then it's like, "Oh, you're attacking the homo homosexual LGBTQ AB community," and it's like, "No, I'm not trying to do that. I'm yeah. I'm trying to find the funny, and I, yeah. I'm 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 willing to allow myself to be vulnerable enough." to be criticized by that community. So, it was, you know I mean? And that's that's all it is. Like when us as comedians or, you know, us as like, like whenever you whenever you get up on stage or you're in a public sphere, you, you open yourself up to criticism and it's just like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, that's what it, exactly. And it's just kind of like people, you're never gonna please everybody, right? Like the Buddhists say, you're gonna suffer. So someone's right. going to hate your joke somewhere. And like, I'm not afraid to apologize. Like if I did something that like, again, I'm sorry that joke offended you. And like, again, but some jokes, like, again, if I feel that it works and I like it and I like the, how it's written, you know, I got to be true to myself and not, you know, necessarily not worry about, you know, like other people. Again, it's like really just kind of but being willing to have confrontation, being willing to have discussion and recognizing that you can disagree with people and it doesn't have to be the end of the world, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Andrew, it's been great again talking with you today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing that this was supposed to be over like 10 or 20 minutes ago. Sorry about that. Uh, no, it's okay. It was so good. No, I'm glad we got to uh, dive right in. It was, I could keep chatting, but again, like I know I try to keep the episodes short to a certain amount of time because, you know, um, you see podcasts, yeah, they're like three hours long. You're like, what is happening, people? It'll be a charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Thank you again for oh, I'm sorry. I was saying thank you again for having me. Uh, thank you great. so much for coming. Right on.